Good morning, everyone. My name is Rich Pratt, and I am really delighted to be with you this morning. So glad you can join this worship service, and we will pray that the Lord will bless you. I hope you're staying safe. I hope you're staying healthy. And if you have needs, of course, this church wants to hear about those needs. But let me now turn to the Word of God so that we can find comfort and encouragement and strength during these times in the Word of God. We're going to look at a passage that you probably have heard before, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And if you have a Bible, you may want to turn there with me. Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 28. Romans 8, verse 28. Hear now the word of our God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. For who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. May God add his rich blessing to the reading of his word. Let's pray together. Our Lord Jesus We honor you and we adore you for these words that your apostle wrote about you so very long ago. We adore you because though these words were written thousands of years ago, they speak to us today. You speak to us through them. And so we pray now that wherever we are, whatever condition we're in, that your Holy Spirit will come and fill every heart who hears these words. Open our eyes to see your truth. Open our ears to hear you speak. Soften our hearts to receive your message now and to bring it to bear on our lives. And as you do this, we will give you the praise and we will give you the honor for it. Amen. Not just now, but practically any time, one thing that human beings would love to know is the future. 
I mean, I don't care what walk of life you're in. I don't care where you are in your spiritual journey. Everyone at one time or another wishes that they could know the future. That's why people spend money on fortune tellers. It's why they go to mediums. It's why they do the cards to predict the future. Finding out the future. Oh, yes, that's what I want to know. I just want to know what the future is. But the truth is that when you hear the future and it's bad, you really wish you hadn't heard it. What we all want is to know the future, but actually what we deep down want to know is what's going to be good about the future, not what's going to be bad about the future. That's the way it is even now as we're facing in our day this corona pandemic. A lot of us will watch television to hear the prognostications of the scientists and of leaders of our country. And what we want to hear from them is good news. But have you noticed that they can only dish out the bad news in tiny little pieces because they know we can only take a certain amount of bad news about the future. Good news about the future now, that's what we want, not everything about the future. Well, it's a wonderful thing that we have just read this passage in Romans chapter 8 because in Romans chapter 8, we find words about the future, words about the future of every single person that's listening to this, watching this message. It's words about your future that you can find here. And so let's take a look at this by starting off first with the really good news about the future, the great news about the future for those who love Jesus. And it's found in Romans chapter 8, as we read it before, a very well-known verse for many people, verse 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. I want you to notice something, that this passage does not say everything's good. In fact, this passage implies that there are going to be lots of bad things in the future. Some of them we can know are coming, some of them we can't be sure how they'll come. But the truth of the matter is that this passage also says that all of these good and bad things that are out there in the future for you and me, that God will work them for good. In other words, that the outcome, in one way or another, will be something positive, something you can be happy about, something you can be delighted in. A good news about the future is what the Apostle Paul gives us here, that God will work all things for good. But notice also that he qualifies this message of good things are out there in the future and that God will work all things, both good and bad, for good. And it's this that he says in verse 28, God works all things for good for those who love God and who have been called according to his purpose. So I want to say this to you this morning. I don't know who you are and I don't know what your spiritual condition is, but if you are a person who cannot honestly say, I love God through Jesus that I have been called by God to Jesus, that I serve the ways of God and the purposes of God because of my faith in Jesus, then verse 28 of this passage just does not apply to you yet. 
You see, the promise is that, yes, there was going to be good and there's going to be bad in the future of all of us. But God working all those things out for something good only applies to those who have come to faith in Jesus. But if you are someone who does not know Christ, who has not come to him in faith, the door is open. Remember I said it doesn't apply, this verse, to those who have not come to Christ yet. So today's the day. Today's the opportunity for you to decide, hey, I know there's going to be a lot of bad in the future, and I know there's going to be a lot of good in my future too. But what I really want is for God to take all those things, the good and the bad, and work them out for something really good. Now, I think we've all had experiences where we've seen bad things, terrible things work out for good. Maybe you've lost a friend. Maybe you've gone through a divorce. Maybe you've been sick. Whatever it may be, there are ways in which human beings do experience, well, I didn't want to go through all that bad stuff, but I'm glad I did after all because it's worked out for good. Wouldn't you love to have the gift of being confident that that is going to be true of every single thing in your life? Wouldn't it be wonderful to be able to say that no matter what happens to me, how horrible it is, how terrible it may be, how depressing it may be, how painful it may be, that no matter what it is, God, who is in control of all, will work it out for my good. Well, if you have not come to Christ and you want that to be true for you, Come to Christ in faith right now. Just simply say to him, I want that to be true for me, Jesus. Come to me. Call me. Save me. And if you are a follower of Christ, here's the great news. It is already true of you. I know we're watching television a lot and we're all anticipating, even dreading the possibility that more bad things are going to come. And be assured that in one way or another, more bad things are going to come. But if you are in Christ, if you are a follower of Jesus, you can be confident of one thing, and that is this. This is what the future holds. God is going to take every one of these bad things, and he is going to turn them into good for you. You know, there are times when, even for followers of Christ, that's a hard thing to believe. It's a hard thing to put into practice, to let it seep down into you. It's hard because we do go through terrible, terrible things, sometimes justly, sometimes not justly, sometimes because of other people, sometimes because of what we have done. Who knows why bad things happen to us so very often. And it's hard sometimes when you're in the middle of those bad and hard things to believe that God would love us that much, that he would turn them all into good. And so the apostle Paul in this passage reminds us of how much God loves those who are in Christ. I want you to hear these, again, well-known words beginning in verse 29. 
For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Here's the wonderful thing. For every person that ever comes to Christ... When we learn about Jesus and when we study the scriptures, we learn something that was secret before, something we didn't understand, something we probably had never even speculated before, and that is how long God has loved us. When men, women, and children come to Jesus, the scriptures tell us that their eyes are open to see something, that God's love for them, did not simply start when they came to Christ. No, nothing so short as that. Nothing so temporary as that. Tied to time as that is the love of God for those who are in Christ. No, if you want to know how much God loved you, your mind needs to go back to all of eternity, all of eternity, before anything was even created. Did you notice how the apostles said that here? That those whom God loved, he foreknew, and then he predestined them to be conformed to Jesus' image so that Jesus, whom he loved so dearly from all of eternity, would not stand alone as the one who would bear the image of God and inherit the earth. No, that he would just be one among many brothers and sisters. He knew you before you were born. He predestined you to a great destiny before you were born. And then in your life, when you came to Jesus, and this happens to everyone who believes in him, God actually justifies us. That means he makes us righteous by giving to us the goodness of Jesus, the righteousness of Jesus, and putting that on us, taking away our guilt taking away our sins, taking away our failures, and giving us all the success, all the righteousness that Jesus himself had. Do you realize that that's how much God loves you? That he has done something to you that goes all the way back to eternity, and yet at the same time, even when you came to Christ in this time, in this lifetime, that even there it was God doing things for you, not you doing things for you. You didn't pull yourself up out of a hole to find salvation in Jesus. No, God loved you so much that he gave you the gift of righteousness in his eyes by faith alone. What a wondrous love that is, that God took us, you and me, when we were turning away from him, resisting him, seeking to find our own ways, and he entered our lives and turned us around and brought us to Jesus and made us righteous. That's how much God loves you. But the apostle goes one step further, doesn't he? He doesn't just say that we're justified. Did you notice what he says there in verse 30? He says, he justified us in Christ to be sure, but he's also glorified us glorified us. Now, often when Christians think about being glorified, they think about something that is out there in the future. And that is something that the Bible says that when Jesus comes back and when he makes all things new, that he will give us the gift 
of sharing his glory that will be glorified as Jesus himself is already glorified, given new bodies that shine as bright as the sun, walking in a world that's lit up with the glory of God. It will be fantastic when that day comes, but I want you to notice that the apostle doesn't say that you will be glorified. He says you are glorified. He's already glorified you. And what that means is he's not just justified you, making you righteous, but he's made you new. He's made you wondrous. He's delighted in you so much that he has turned your life around and already you can see in your life the glory of God coming through. I know a lot of us are facing difficult times right now. I receive videos and messages from friends of third millennium ministries from other parts of the world. And they tell me what hardships they're having in places like Southeast Asia or Africa. It's terrible what your brothers and sisters are going through. Just terrible. So if your life is okay at this point, hold on, it might not be soon. If your life is horrible at this point, if you are out there in some place where society is not secure and stable, where the terror of what's happening right now around the world is evident at every turn, you can see that God has loved you in Christ from before he made the world until now. And even now, his glory shines in your life. So how can we be sure that God will turn all these good and bad things in our lives into something good eventually, that they'll work out that way? It's because of how deeply and how long he has cherished you, how long you have been his from all eternity. And what does this do for us as followers of Jesus? What, what good is it to know that God's going to work everything out for good and that God has even glorified us already, that he's loved us from eternity and is giving us so many blessings? Take a look at what the apostle says in verse 31. He says, well, so what? What then shall we say to these things? Here it is. If God is for us, who can be against us? You know, there are lots of things against you, lots of people against you, lots of circumstances against you, even disease that stands against you. But if God is for you this much, that from all eternity he has loved you and even now is glorifying you, who can stand against you? The answer, of course, is no one. God, who did not spare his own son, Verse 32, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? God, the father sent Jesus to die and be resurrected for you. And if he did this, if he did that much, then will he not also give you all things? When the Apostle Paul says here, all things, what he's talking about is every dimension of the new world that Jesus will bring, the new creation 
that you will one day inherit. Will God not do that for you, given everything he has done already for you in Jesus? But you may say, but I have guilt, and I feel guilty about where I am right now. Well, take a look at verse 33. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that, who was raised and who is at the right hand of, the, of God, who indeed is interceding for us. You see, it's just impossible for anybody to stand against us. Why? Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ because of all that God has done for us already. We can know that it's true. No hardship is out of his control and no hardship followers of Jesus experience is anything but a way in which God shows his love for us. Here's the wonderful thing about what the scriptures teach. Yes, hard times come to faithful followers of Jesus. It's true. Difficulties come. Things that we wish would not be in our lives. Sometimes because of what we do. Sometimes just because we happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. That's such a plain reality. Not only for unbelievers, but believers also. But this is what we know. This is what's so magnificent about it. All the bad things that happen in your life as a follower of Jesus... They're designed for something. God has a purpose for them. And that purpose is this, to teach us. To teach us to love him all the more. To teach us not to love this world and the things of this world. To teach us that our hope does not lie in our jobs, in our health, in our financial stability. But to teach us that our hope lies in Christ. The way the Bible puts it is this, that God loves us so much that he disciplines us with hard things so that we may bear the fruit of righteousness in our lives. Just like you can't grow strong with your muscles unless you exercise them. The same is true when it comes to your faith. You cannot grow in your faith unless you exercise your faith. And exercising your faith means this. It means looking for the ways that God is teaching you even in the worst of times, looking for the ways God is blessing you, even in the worst of times. Verse 37 is that great refrain, that great doxology that the apostle offers. It begins in verse 37 for what we should conclude. What should be true for us? If we understand that God is working everything for our good, if we understand how long and how much God has actually loved us in Christ and take that to heart, then there's going to be a change, a change that happens to us. Listen to what the apostle says here. He says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Did you see how long that list is? 
It's not just evil forces in the world he talks about, not just enemies, things that are here and things that are up there, things that are now and things that are in the future, even what we would call in the modern world natural occurrences like famines or pandemics. None of these things can separate us from the love of God that guarantees that he will turn them all into good for you if you love Jesus. And this is why the apostle says something that's absolutely astonishing in verse 37. Did you notice what he said there? He said, no, in all these troubles and all these trials, all these difficulties and threats we experience, we are more than conquerors. In the original language, you could translate it even this way. You could say, we are super conquerors. We are hyper conquerors. We are the greatest conquerors you could possibly imagine. You know, there are different ways to conquer in a battle. We often speak of a, a Pyrrhic victory. Going back to old wars in the ancient world where you might have the victory, but you lost so much that it was not that great of a victory. In fact, you wish you hadn't gone to the war, that you had not made it through the struggles of the battle. But that's not what Jesus promises those who love him. What he promises those who love him is this. You will be hyper, you will be super conquerors through him who loved us. And so this is my good news for you. I can tell you this, that even if you can't see it today, you can know that one day, when Jesus returns in glory, if you remain faithful to him, then you will be more than a conqueror. You will be a super conqueror because all the trials, all the pain, all the suffering will seem like nothing one day as you inherit the new world in Christ. What greater hyper super conquering do you want than that? Because that will last forever. But I want to encourage you this way. Our being more than conquerors or super conquerors in Christ is not just something we have to wait to see in the distant future when Jesus returns. It's something you can get glimpses of right now. So think of something that's going wrong in your life right now. Maybe it's related to the pandemic and the economic crisis. Maybe it's not. Just think of something that has been going wrong in your life, a trial, a trouble that's been bringing you down. Well, it's easy, isn't it, to be captured by those things and sucked into the abyss of despair. But the truth of the matter is this, that if you and I will hear the words that God has given us here in this passage, we can open our eyes and discover something new. We can discover that even in these little trials that we're facing, even now in this life, time and time again, we can see that God has used those trials actually to bless us. And when you see those little blessings, when you see those glimpses of God's mercy and kindness to you right now in this life, Say to yourself and say it boldly, we are more than conquerors. We are super conquerors. We are hyper conquerors right now. I could give you a list of a hundred things that I have seen happen in my life that would not have happened, would not have come to me 
I would never have encountered them had it not been for the pandemic we are facing. And as those things have come to me and at Third Millennium Ministries, I've always encouraged our staff, every day I try to encourage them, look for the ways that God is making you more than a conqueror right now. Everyone wants to know the future. Oh, no, everyone wants to know the good future. Well, you've heard a good future. The goodness of the future for those who love Christ is that no matter what happens to you, God, because he has loved you for so long and so deeply, will ensure this, nothing can stand against you. Nothing can separate you. Nothing can diminish the love of God for you. You are secure in this. And you can believe that you are more than a conqueror through him who loves us. Amen. Let's pray together. Our Lord Jesus, how we bless you. We bless you and honor you for your word that speaks to us so clearly today. We are a people who often feel as if we have no hope in this world. Lord, if there are some listening to this who feel this way because they have never come to Christ, we pray now that Holy Spirit will draw them and that they will give their faith and their trust and their hope for a great destiny to you. We also pray for those who do follow you, that we will never take our eyes off the fact that no matter what happens in our world, no matter what happens in our families or our personal lives, that we can trust that you will work it for good and that we will share in the new world with Jesus and be more than conquerors through him who loved us. We bless you. We honor you for this. Amen.